Before we start today's episode, I would like to take a moment to tell you about a great deal being offered by my friend and master guitar instructor, Joe Elliott. Joe taught at the GIT in Hollywood for 23 years, where he was the VP of Education and has recently been working with six-time Grammy winner David Sanborn. Over the past few years, Joe developed an amazing guitar program called Fretboard Biology. If you have been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast, I'm sure you've heard me mention Fretboard Biology before. At the moment, Joe is running a special deal where you can get three months of comprehensive guitar training for only $29. So head over to Fretboard Biology using the link in the show notes to get started. Whether you are an intermediate or advanced player, it really is worth checking out. Here's a few words from Joe about the course. If you're tired of wading through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player, Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction, in the right amounts, and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free 7-day trial at fretboardbiology.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. This is Matt Wakeling and this is the show that I produce in Sydney, Australia, where I interview all sorts of great guitar people, do some gear reviews and also have my great friends Rob. Hello. And Gabor. Hello. Join me. That was a bad <laughs> sentence, but thank you for helloing, fellas. <laughs> um <laughs> Rob and Gabor join me for the Iconic Round Table series. We've been doing this stuff for a couple of years. We started talking about iconic albums, our favorite great guitar albums, and now we've kind of veered off into some um, specific kind of theme shows, which has been so much fun. Rob, you're bringing the theme for this episode. Do you want to talk us through it? Yeah. Um, I didn't really have a synopsis for this one other than to say that I thought it'd be a good discussion to talk about iconic gear influences. So, you know, the movers, the shakers, the people that are influencing what becomes popular, what's influencing YouTube channels, who's talking about what, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, like who are the major gear influencers? And I'm talking about players specifically, not so much just YouTube. Sorry, Gabor, maybe next time. Oh, well, I'm, I'm far, far away from being an influencer. I thought we've um, we've covered the Josh Josh Scott thing, but Josh Scott, thing, you know. Yeah. So, well, I just thought more of a positive light of these people and what they've maybe brought to the table. So, I chose John Mayer. Now, the reason I chose John Mayer is because I don't think anyone since. Maybe Stevie Ray Vaughan has been so thoroughly dissected and discussed about every minute change he makes. Yeah. About he's taking three pedal boards on the road here, like he's using a client, he's all of this sort of stuff to the point where the guys are bringing, you know, clons to gigs for him to sign and he's putting put his, his settings on. with a marker. <laughs> Like, I think it's, I think it's awesome. It gives us all something to talk about, and you know, yeah, I'm yeah. sure the we've whole, all fallen foul of it at some point. The um, whole YouTube channel's devoted to just his gear. 
Yes. Yeah. So who get a lot of more views than I do? <laughs> so Justin Jeske is the one. He's one of them. Yeah, that he's the one comes to mind. He's, he's the guy who's just he does John the two Johns, John Frashanti as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But man, he is so passionate about like he's fun to watch. He loves yeah. to talk yeah. about it, and he loves to just get. The potato, most potato camera photo you could imagine <laughs> and zoom in. It's kind of like watching CSI pedalboard. Oh, yeah. CSI, yeah. John Mayer. He and needs to befriend so some good. people who can do the magic with the depixelizing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like on TV when they go, can you um, enhance that? Sure. Of course I Bang, can. Bang, <laughs> 8K. Mind you, it was recorded like with an old Nokia phone. <laughs> and yes. I said Nokia because we're ago. talking about American TV shows, but I know it's Nokia. Um, yeah, gotcha. But yeah, so, <laughs> but I think it's really like, how did we get here? How do we get to this <laughs> point in time where something is just so popular in such a niche thing, but so many people are like fevered over it? Uh, I think again. I think it's great. It's great for pedal builders, and it's great for oh yeah, you know all all of the channels out there to give you know that there's an audience for these types of discussions. Um, but yeah, I mentioned Stevie Ray Vaughan is maybe the last one, and Hendrix, you know, has had books put out. But Hendrix, like, there's mm. two or three pedals to talk about with Mayer. Mm. Like, I just went through a little bit of it. Um, and the pedals that exploded because he used them, whether that's exploded due to sales or secondhand prices. Um, but you're talking about, um, well, the clon mainly, isn't it? That's a that's a but not that's even all, that. that's mostly his doing, the clon, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but see, I I sort of heard about the clon from Jeff Beck and Joe Perry and Keith Urban before I really heard. John Mayer using them. So because it just kind of went back to those few early guys that got, you know, the really early ones because Mayer's got the silver one. Um, the gold ones are the first ones, right? Yeah, I think so. So The golden horses. The amps ones. from Dumbles to Two Rocks, Fender Bandmasters, Soldano SLO 100s, guitars, Strats, PRSs, Martins, the Dusenberg Double Cat. Pedals, tube screamers, and it's like TS10. TS10s. Yeah, yeah. You know, Klon, Keely Katana, the Marshall Blues Breaker exploded because of him. Yeah. The Way Huge yeah. Aquapus, um, uh, EHX Qtron, the Providence Chrono Delay, the Roger Lynn Adrenaline 3 beat sequenced filter effects processor. <laughs> there always yeah. seems to be an EQ pedal on there. There's the Korg G4, which is the. Leslie Simulator, and then recently, you know, when that 29 pedal O-amp dropped and then it dropped on his board, all of a sudden they were sold out everywhere. You know, you couldn't get yeah. them. You can get them yeah. again now, but it, just for a basic, well, maybe not basic, but a buffer line driver, which is not a pedal that everybody needs. A very um, expensive buff, buffer line driver on top exactly. of the Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I mentioned the YouTube channels, Justin Jeske, um, Vertex, Premier Guitar and Andertons have all done multiple videos on John Mayer. And I just thought, yeah, when we were thinking up ideas for an episode, I just, I'd had just watched something on John Mayer and I went, man, has there been in recent times a bigger 
gear influencer. So, yeah. I think de- in recent time, definitely not. Mm. I mean, he, he's he's the man at the moment, isn't he? In, in saying that, since the John Frusciante went back with the Chili Peppers, he's, that's, I mean, there are lots of people out there as well who try to replicate his board in every possible way. And the thing with him as well, Frusciante, mm. is that the, the pedal order is different to the order, the, the actual order is different to the way it is on the board because he lays it out on the board for him. Anyway, and there's all these people uh, okay. trying to work out which pedal comes before which pedal and how it all works. And mm. But, I mean, John Mayer, of course. I mean, he is the it, – it's it's funny. He's sort of become the – almost a poster boy. And there are, I think there are a whole bunch of pedal builders that live because of him just about. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> there's some meme builders too. You know? A lot of meme builders, a lot of <laughs> yeah. there's tons of stuff. Oh. I mean, so true. Right. Um, yeah. So, well, that's it's, John Mayer. Do you guys have anything to add, or do you want to get into yours? Uh, I think I think it's a super interesting topic because, as you said from the outset, Rob, you're talking about the players, not the the social media or content creator influencers, which which. When we hear that term influencer, I, for me, that's who I, I usually think about. But um, this is back to the the OG idea of celebrity endorsement um, that's been across every product since day dot. Yeah. So for us, it, it's guitar stuff. But yeah, the the forensic investigation into <laughs> John Mayer's stuff yeah. is full on. And, and yeah, the market... The market response. I owned a TS10 relatively recently. My background is the second pedal I ever owned. The first one was a Boss DS1. We've talked about that. Yeah. Second pedal I ever owned was the DFL10. So that was the digital flanger in the 10 series from okay. Ibanez. Now known as the like the Tom Morello flanger. Okay. Um, I don't have it anymore. I, I traded it in for an analog delay or something. I don't know. I don't know. We've all done those stupid things. Um, so I, I, I've really got a soft spot for the ten series. I reckon. I reckon if Ibanez reissued them with with sturdier jacks and, and uh, longer lasting switches, like surely people are going to go bananas. Anyway, a couple of years ago, I found a, a TS10 uh, at Muso Swap Shop in Melbourne, oh, yeah. which is great. I'm store, always great on their store. website. <laughs> I love that, and I've sold, I've posted stuff from Sydney to Melbourne because I know it's it's one of the better yeah. um, consignment stores. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, pick pick this one up for a couple hundred bucks. It was the Taiwanese one, not the Japanese one, but it did have the JRC blah 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 chip. Um, Gabor, four, five, do you know five, the eight? number? Is it four five eight? Is it the one? Maybe I don't know. I had the right chip uh, in inverted commas the right chip. I got it. Got the pedal. Guess what? Sounded like a tube screamer. Yeah, so, no surprise. <laughs> now I knew I knew thought? this, but I knew this, but for two hundred bucks, and I thought I'm getting a ten. It's cool. It's because you're um, meant to run a clone into it, mate. That's how you get the yeah. sound. Yeah. Didn't, yeah, didn't you before, run it into your before or after the yeah. clone? Like didn't which you run video the clone do I follow? Into it, into your dumbbell. That's up. Yeah, and then into it, oh, but into the into the 
the wet Dumble, not the dry Dumble. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I ran into the dry Dumble. It's a wet, wet, dry, dry rig. See, that's where your mistake is. Yeah. That's oh, for dear. the wet, dry, wet. When you have the the two the two wet and the one dry Dumble, you got to run into the two wet Dumbles. <laughs> I'm looking at my three Dumbles now, just feeling like an idiot. <laughs> Could only afford a dumb. Um, oh, cool, I had a, a cool dad pedal. joke. I don't know if I should say it, but all I can afford is a you Dumbledore. You should. I think you should. I think you should. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. All I can afford I like is it. a Dumbledore. Oh, love it. Psh. Love it. So I didn't buy the TS10 because I thought it would make me sound like Stevie Ray Vaughan or, or or John Mayer. But um, yeah, it's just a tube screamer. But he, the way he uses his stuff, sounds awesome. People love his tone, so people are gonna try and replicate it with. Some of the gear, but what you guys are, are, are I mean, you're, you're making a joke out of it in a way that, um, you know, all the dumbles, but but it, everything, everything kind of ties in, doesn't it? So, yeah, it's like when people, when a kid sees, um, Zach Wilde, oh, he's got a boss super overdrive, I'll get one of those. So, well, I don't sound, sound like exactly Zach like him. <laughs> well, because they're not running it into a, a dimed Marshall yeah, <laughs> with, with AMG and, pickups. And, with EMG, yeah, so you know everything is everything, but and, and, yeah, the May influence six four by twelve is, cabinets. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Well, so, so that's a good segue. Who did who did you pick out, Matt, as your iconic influencer? Speaking of All six right, four by so twelve I, cabinets, <laughs> yeah, yes. I was watching uh, and, Monsters of Rock, the new YouTube video that dropped in the last couple oh, yeah, of days. Yeah, yeah. So fantastic. Take it away, Matthew. All right, so thank you, Rob. I, I chose Eddie Van Halen, uh, someone who you will know well, Rob. Mm. I know um, from from your, your fandomness. The um, uh, he he influenced so much gear across the board. Still does. And I'm not yeah. going to attempt. Still does. Still yeah. does. And and the stuff Wolfgang's doing with EVH gear, I think, is really really cool. Mm. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna attempt a historical uh, overview because it's been covered so so heavily all over the place. But I just want to talk about super strats um, and and Van Halen's massive massive impact on on that whole that whole scene in a few ways. So so Van Halen one comes out in '78, and we know in the '70s there's this perfect storm of customizing guitars. So we've got companies like Seymour Duncan, Damasio are really finding their feet. Um, companies like Schechter and Boogie Bodies, Boogie, you know, they're making guitar parts and people are getting into it. People are putting brass on everything, brass bridges, brass nuts. <laughs> valley arts. Yeah. Yeah, the valley arts thing's kicking in. Um, so by, by the time Van Halen 1 comes out in 78, Eddie has – he, he's jumped on something that's already happening. There's people like um, Wayne Charvel, which Eddie knew. Um, there's Grover Jackson. They're all on the west west coast of America. They're all they're they're making careers. They're making a job out of soup souping up customs guitars, you know. But Eddie Van Halen, he just amplifies this to infinity and beyond. And and the whole world goes crazy. So, what's it, on that first record? He's playing the um, the Frankenstein Strat, which at the time is black and white. It's got it's still got the full pickguard, but he's just slapped a humbucker. Rob, you've built one of these things yeah. out of great love. Mm -hmm. So 
so you know you know this story better than most. So he's got a, a path humbucker in the bridge. I'm pretty sure that was from his three three five. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I just rewatched the Smithsonian interview last oh, yeah. week where he um talked about how many so. paths he destroyed and, he destroyed, and yeah. how many like <laughs> guitar old Gibsons that would be worth a fortune now. Yeah. 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 Oh, totally. And he, he was known to do that. Hey, like there's so many stories. Like he chisels out a, a P90, a vintage Les Paul with P90s because he wants to whack a humbucker in there yeah. and the yeah. cavity's not big enough and all this kind of stuff. He was just he was just the mad professor in in, in that regard. But I guess just the, the massive impact of Van Halen and it's again, it's everything, isn't it? It's the playing, it's the songs, mm. it's the image, it's the new techniques he's bringing people's brains are exploding all, all over the place. So so that guitar, we know it's a boogie body and a neck. He bought, bought them combined for 130 bucks. slaps in this humbucker from his 335, um, puts the bridge on from his 61 Strat. So it's a, it's a standard trim at that stage. The second record, he's using the Bumblebee guitar, which apparently he's not into quite as much. And then he's, he's back on the original Franken, Frankenstein, the red paint joins in then. Um, he starts working with Floyd Rose. Eddie takes credit for the fine tuners on the Floyd, Floyd Rose double locking trem. He says that's that was his idea. I mean, I know there's always different versions, but that was Eddie's version that he suggested that to Floyd and uh, and that came in. But basically, you know, by the within a couple of years, everyone's making a super strat. Everyone's got a Floyd or Kayla um, bridge starts coming in. A single pickup guitar is a big deal for probably the first time since Defender Esquire, mm. <laughs> perhaps. Crazy paint jobs. Charvel and Jackson have now got their own companies. Charvel ends up selling to Jackson, but these these guys become their household names mm. off, off the back of this. Gibson have a super strat in the early 80s. Um, Fender by 84, they've got a, a strat with a, a locking trim on it. The made in Japan, actually. Again, Japan Fender kind of kind of pushing the way. So it's just fascinating. We're all into made in Japan stuff. We, yeah. I, I like the Fernandez stuff. Yeah, same here. And if you look, I, I, I look through the catalogs to try and date stuff. And by 81, 82, like it's just, it's full shred <laughs> ahead for the next decade. <laughs> So yeah, and as a strat guy myself, I, uh, the the um, the evolution is 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 really fun. So yeah, we could talk modern marshals, we could talk flanges and phases and echo plexes, but um, I think just the way Eddie made the whole super strat thing explode, and at the same time, parts guitars, because people find out, yeah, he's just slapped this together. Yeah. So all these parts companies coming along the warm-offs that we know today. Um, and maybe even, I don't know if this is too long a bow. I'll be interested to see what you think, but even the relic kind of thing, like that Frankenstein looked very beaten up and and had some quirky hacks and dings in it. It wasn't a beautiful, shiny instrument, but it looked so, so cool. Um, it predated relics by a long time. But oh, yeah. Yeah, I, but that I, the the worn vibe was awesome. Was maybe the Rory Gallagher like signature strat the first thing maybe I ever saw where they completely copied yeah like a guitar and the Stevie Ray number one as well that Fender did, but they were sort of the first yeah. two 
Um, yeah. But I feel like Rory Gallagher predated the Stevie Ray, like, custom shop. But the normal Probably. signature model Stevie Ray wasn't relict or anything. Um, no. But then Fender came out with that series of the Closet Classic, the like there were three tiers, and then one of them was kind of lightly relict and one was, you know, pristine, like it had been kept under a bed. Mm. And, yeah, so I remember that from the 90s. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that kind of felt like the first one yeah. where they kind of went, Oh, we're going to copy a guitar exactly, you know, bring it into Fender and make an exact copy of it for release, like mass release. <clears throat> I can't think of anything yeah. before that. No, no. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that Fender thought, okay, Eddie's got this worn out guitar, but I'm just thinking like mid-80s when everything is so shiny. Mm. And people and, wanted it and, to look beaten up and, instead of looking shiny. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, Nuno with no guitar paint. guitar kind of stood out. And, <laughs> Which came later, but yeah, yeah. Well, wasn't there a lot? I mean, in that time, there were a lot of people then, uh, uh, even in bigger bands, weren't a lot of people that destroyed their, you know, early 60s strats by putting fluoro pink paint on them themselves, you know, yeah. and cutting out, putting humbuckers yeah. in and all that sort of stuff. So I think yeah. because of that, because it was a lot of it was homemade stuff, it probably looked yeah. relict to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, so many, yeah. how many, how many, uh, I don't know, 62 strats are there that were butchered <laughs> in the, in the mid eighties. I've got to totally, put a Floyd Rose on that totally. one. It's worthless anyway. It's an old sixties yeah. thing. Yeah. How many guitars in the eighties and nineties got routed out for a Floyd Rose? Like, Floyd to Kayla's or, or yeah, and many. then, and then spray painted with, with cheap fluorescent colors. Schwinn bicycle <laughs> paint. That was, I wonder how many cans of Schwinn bicycle paint they sold after Eddie mentioned it, you know? Yes. How many Variax yes. sold after Eddie mentioned it, you know, all those sorts yeah. of things, you know? Oh, probably yeah. a lot, yeah. But, yeah, the Super Strat thing and, like, all the hot pickups, but you come back to Van Halen and he was just wax potting PAFs, Gibson PAFs. Yeah. Vintage yeah. pickups, yeah. yeah. And he wasn't, like, it wasn't hot replacements from Damasio and Super Distortions no. and, you know, other really hot Damasio and Seymour Duncan pickups. It was, you know, low output PAF humbuckers. Well, his tone's a whole nother can of worms as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and we have kind of have it's, covered covered a bit of that on yeah. some other episodes. So. Definitely, definitely. So, yeah, there you go. Any other thoughts? Well, yeah, I'm definitely like – been influenced massively by Van Halen. There's a 50 yeah. on 50 combo here. There's yes. the white and black striped Fender that I did after he passed away. And drum roll, please. Thursday, I may be picking up a neon pink EVH 50 on 50 <laughs> with a kill switch. Uh, <laughs> yes. But more news on that next time. Nice. Oh, neon pink. Neon pink. Wow. <laughs> That's, it's going to be loud. <laughs> <laughs> this is my whammy bar and it's going to be loud. They're cool looking great. guitars. I like those 5150s. They're... Yeah, I was tossing up between a Wolfgang special and, the, and that, but I think hot pink for the 80s show and a kill switch is the seal. The, ho- the hockey stick thing. Yeah. That's the only thing. The Wolfgangs, I don't like that weird can opener looking thing. Yeah, no, it is a bit weird. Yeah. yeah. The hockey stick's awesome. The hockey stick's I had, great. Um, 
I had a friend I sat with at school, Jason Elkton. I don't know if you're listening, Jason, but we he's a guitar player as well. And on his um, big folder with all the notes in, he had um, he had a picture of Eddie with the I think it might have been the fifty one fifty. The Kramer uh, guitar, yeah, might have been, or it might have been the Frankenstein. I, can't remember. I remember I used to just stare at this picture. He also had pictures of eighties um, Fernandez, which is probably why I like eighties Fernandez mm. guitars. It says it all comes around with the sustainer, um, yeah, sustainer pickup in the neck. Sustainer. Yeah. There you go. All right, Eddie Van Halen, Super Strats, so much fun. Pretty iconic. This episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology comprehensive online guitar course put together by master guitar instructor Joe Elliott. I was a beta tester for the course and loved it. Players like Brett Garset and Greg Cox have also endorsed the course. And right now Joe is offering a great deal on the course. Check out the link in the show notes for Fretboard Biology. How about you, Gabor? Who did you choose? Well, I chose very un-me. Uh, to me, though, I chose, I think, the OG <laughs> gear influencer. The, the, uh-huh. I think he was the absolute original gear influencer. And, and still to this day, I don't think the gear influencers that you both mentioned would be there without him because he was the original, which is Jimi Hendrix. I mean, uh-huh. I, I mean looking at guys like, like, like John Mayer, um, I mean... The, he he kind of always wanted to sound like Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray always wanted to sound like Hendrix. So in, yeah, in the end, yeah. guys like Clapton, I mean, he even permed his hair <laughs> to look like him. Uh, to me, I, I, I mean, you, you have the Dunlop does the whole, um, Jim Dunlop does the whole uh, Hendrix range of pedals with his face on it, which, you know, that's, that's a whole different sort of story. But to me, I think... As a, as an influencer, generally of 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 a certain tone, that sort of broken up, clean sound. I think pre him, it was all either clean uh, or sort of kind of pretty overdriven. I mean, there wasn't a huge amount of overdrive before him, but with Hendrix came that sort of on edge of breakup sound, screaming fuzz sound. I mean, we can look at specific pedals and stuff that he used, but. It, I'm talking as a in general as someone yeah. who influenced, I think not just a generation but every generation that has followed since. I think he's like the ultimate influencer. I mean, you guys thoughts? Uh, 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 Rob. Yeah, <laughs> well, <other> he's <laughs> he's like, um, you know, he's he's a painter. Like he had all of these yeah. brushes that created these soundscapes and every one of those soundscapes is still relevant today. You know, like look at the boutique pedal market. There's 4,000 Univibes. There's, you know, the Mm. wire is still super relevant and you can argue who, you know, whether it was Clapton or Hendrix or whoever's the wire guy, they're both equally as, you know, um, relevant. But Hendrix, well, Hendrix is, is first. <laughs> everyone plays Voodoo Child first, right? Yeah, absolutely. And an Octavia, yeah. like Purple Haze. That's yeah. the quintessential yeah. when people go, I want an Octavia sound. What do you want it to sound like? Oh, I want it to sound like Purple yeah. Haze. 
And I rest my case. <laughs> all of those, yeah. So from fuzzes to univibes to all of that yeah. stuff, the backwards guitar that was recorded, yeah. people yeah. want reverse delays and even the- Yeah, and the glissing of delays. Like you can take all that back to Hendrix where yeah. the delay had a harmonic, like an octave above harmonic content. Yeah. And a lot of the pedals, as you said, like that's about as iconic as it gets. It's where yeah. it started. You know, yeah. it's the cave paintings of guitar, basically. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, Matt, what are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, fuzz faces. People are people are trying to cop that tone. Yeah, aren't they? They're, that's the that's the big deal. And I mean, the um, amount of different fuzz phases you can buy that all claim, oh, this is more, this is the original one. This is like totally like the original circuit, yeah. like the one that Hendrix had. And it's the one that Roger Mayer uh, kind of modded for him or did God knows what for him. And yeah, yeah, I know yeah. we, we sp- st- the, the specific thing that he did. I mean, no one else is. Uh, I mean, yes, John Mayer is probably sort of the, the nowadays version, and more probably more people spend more time following him around and taking photos with you know bad camera phones and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I mean, no one is no one. I think there's no one else who people want or people think of his sound as an ideal sound more than mm. more than Hendrix. And I mean, John Mayer is part of that. I mean, the John Mayer sound is a derivative of the Hendrix sound, isn't it? Yeah, it's part of um actually what Philip Sace calls the Hendrix family tree. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Mayor's somewhere on on that for sure. Great great grandchild. Yeah, maybe some some sort of thing. <laughs> little bit well, nerdy, yeah, it's there. Yeah. He nerdy covered, he co- covered Axis Bold as love, you know. It's it's all there for everyone to It's hear. a great cover too, by the way. That's really cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's interesting too with all with all the gazillion pedal builders and guitar builders and pickup winders. A lot of stuff is is chasing new sort of sonic territory, but I still reckon the vast majority is trying to nail vintage stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, like yeah. every pickup builder has a Woodstock '69, like yeah. you know, or a '65. Yeah. You know, all of these things that are still really grounded in Hendrix yeah. territory, yeah. Uh, even though other people were using the same guitars at the same time. You know, we still see yeah. upside-down headstocks. Um, yes. Hello, I have one. But, um, <laughs> you know, on a right-handed guitar, there's still a Mexican-made Hendrix tribute. There's still, as Gabor yeah. mentioned, the MXR yeah. range, you know. There's the homebrew experience pedal which is worth a fortune now because yeah. it's based on yeah. the original octavias and fox Just tone machines all the digitech, of those digitech jimmy hendrix pedal in the <laughs> <laughs> i knew we couldn't get the through without which, mentioning which that is one. Going for crazy money now too that's the that's the scary thing that when i used to work at the music shop the jimmy hendrix one in and it came in a beautiful purple sort of um velvety yeah, kind yeah. of case and the red special one um yeah. Just no, and the Eric Clapton one that wasn't it was yeah. a difference. Crossroads that was that's a horrible pedal, but I mean that's a different story. Um, <laughs> no one wanted to buy these. No one. Yeah. No one. You couldn't give them away. And now that especially the the the, the Hendrix a little less because I think there were more of them, but the Red Special they made it for such a short time. Mm. It, they go for crazy money now. It's insane. <laughs> 
But anyway, yeah, I, I think, yeah, he, I, I mean, to me, he's, he's like I said, he's the OG gear influencer. And I think um, probably more than anyone else, uh, a lot of pedal companies, a lot of amp companies, a lot of pickup winders, a lot of guitar makers wouldn't exist um, if it wasn't for Hendrix and them striving to get something to sound like yeah. Hendrix. Um, well, Roger May like is said, still I mean, out there making pedals, you know. Roger May is still out there. Um, I mean, the amount of times we get um, with the, the YouTube thing, we get pedals sent to us, you know, new releases or something like that, and it's it's usually something that's Hendrix related, or I mean, not not always, but very often something Hendrix related, maybe Stevie Ray Vaughan related, but then that's to me that sort of falls in the same category because I mean that was sort of kind of very similar. I mean, he he was very. I want to sound like Hendrix, uh, which is fine, and he took it into his own way. But a lot of these sounds, yeah, it's yeah. there's always a, a Univibe mixed with a, I don't know, Sun amp, you know, <laughs> or yeah. Well, Keely make the Monterey, and we still Keely haven't mentioned the, the P word, Plexi. Yeah. Like yes. you know, yeah. like how many Plexi in a box pedals that are painted purple? Yeah. Purple, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that's it. Mm, yeah. What are you trying to be? Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> or black and gold. Black and gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yes. that's yeah. So that's that's any yeah. Any any other thoughts on either of you? Oh, it's it's yeah, it's massive, and it's all back to the tone and the playing. Yeah. And, and and that kind of thing. I guess for all these all these guys, they're, they're all doing really interesting things as as musicians, obviously, yeah. which is drawing our attention, and it's why so many um, people are buying the gear or following the gear or, or obsessed with the gear. Now that's another can of worms, of course, which we're not talking about. That's a huge. But I mean, you know, also just just trying to think now. Think of of interviews with with really well known guitar players who play strats. And they will always yep. say they wanted a Strat. You know, think of guys like mm. David Gilmore. Um, you yeah. know, the, and it's because of he he plays Strat because of Hendrix. Um, Clapton plays Strats Strats because of Hendrix. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, John Frusciante plays Strats because of Hendrix. Yes. Um, so I think yeah. the Strats. Um, if if Hendrix would have played that Flying V, I think the Flying V would be. You know, there's a few photos with him with that that Flying V. Yeah. The Flying V would yeah, yeah. if that would have become his iconic guitar that would be yeah. now the guitar that john mayer would have gone to prs to make a a, a super new and incredible <laughs> yes. flying v that's nothing like the other flying v <laughs> well you could yeah. argue jeff With beck too because jeff beck the was a less ball player <laughs> you know for a long time sorry jeff beck too you could argue because he was a you know less ball player for a long long time long long time yeah yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, but so yeah, it's, it's, it's the OG. That's 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 my that's my my. Thoughts. I thought you were going to say Les Paul, but um, when you said OG, well, Les yes. Paul, he's the yeah, OG looper. Too, but but he's the like the Ed Sheeran. He's the he was the Ed Sheeran of his day. But <laughs> the Ed Sheeran of his day. <laughs> right, can we cut that bit out? It's going to mess up the algorithm. Keep it. <laughs> we're going to have the wrong people tuning into this episode. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. <laughs> um, but I mean, the thing is with him, um, the stuff because he the stuff he used was. But I guess the, the looping thing and the, the tape, the slapback thing that was sort of, I guess, him to a certain degree. That a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Hendrix. I mean, yeah. Anyway, that's just Hendrix. that's just my. I got a my, coffee my, table my book that's called Hendrix Gear or something, and it's a great book. 
like the go-to. And the coily cable. I mean, cool. people still use coily cables. Cable. Uh, um, gearman dude. I mean, the amount of times I watched Gearman dude with his with his coily, yeah. ca- coily we're cables. We're going to talk about coily cables in another episode. Oh, okay. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Good. Can't wait. Can't get away from them. <laughs> so that's it. That's my that's my um, iconic gear influencer. And I think that's a wrap on that one. It's cool, Rob. Nice take. Nice take on the influencers. Get it back to the people actually making the music. Cool, and and we're very honoured to have oh, Gabor with us as a massive content creator. Let me influence you people as well. Our in-house gear influence influencer. you. Be influenced so hand, by me. So handy. <laughs> influenced on. by going to my YouTube channel. Ross <laughs> Wait, sorry, Ross. not Ross Pedals. Oh man, the Ross thing now as we well. Had to get it in there somewhere. <laughs> that's another can of worms. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Gabor, when you're not influencing the masses, the masses with your handcrafted. YouTube channel, which actually good well, it's you. a fantastic channel. Um, what are you doing? How, how can we well, you contact can, you? You can go to the YouTube channel. Uh, uh, well, actually, I'm, I'm just going to plug something different now for a change. Uh, if you go to Instagram and sure. type in tall guy with glasses, all one word, that's me. That's my my Ooh, yeah. uh, Instagram thing. And you can check no. out when I play gigs. If you're ever in Southeast Queensland or particularly Noosa, I'm getting a bit lazy with driving anywhere else but Noosa. But if you, yeah, well, exactly. why would you, man? If you ever knew something on a weekend, petrol's if, expensive. If you ever knew something on a weekend, uh, <laughs> pretty much most weekends I'll be playing somewhere in Noosa, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, or at least maybe let's say two of those nights. Um, so yeah, come and check me out. Okay. It's a tall guy with glasses on Instagram, or it could be the tall guy with glasses. It's either the tall guy with glasses or tall guy with glasses, one or the other. <laughs> uh, but that's me. Okay. And of course, the super fun, awesome, happy time pedal show. That's the other one where. I can influence, be influenced by me on YouTube. <laughs> That's awesome. And and Rob, how are you spreading your rock and roll influence amongst the people? Well, yeah. Well, obviously, uh, living in the seventies, living in the eighties, the odd solo gig. Um, but we can make this an Instagram flavored <laughs> sure. episode, sure. and you can catch me at Rob Rhodes Music. And then all Great. the links are in the Ooh, bio. Yes, in the, Isn't that what the kids say? Links in bio. Yeah. I always say link profile, bio. but no. bio. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, fellas, thank you so much, Rob. Thanks for a great idea for a show. Thank you both for joining in on this time. My thanks also to Fretboard Biology. Please check out the links in the show notes. They're running a great special as we speak, September, October 2023. And uh, very good times. Uh, another iconic gear influencer, ah. Michael Schenker. Very much so. You know what he said. Keep rocking. Keep on rocking. Keep on rocking indeed. Thank you, guys. And we'll catch everyone next time. Bye now. Bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.